Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We're going to talk about forgiveness tonight. And you think, well, Pastor Angel, that's a weird subject to be talking about at the end of the year. But really, it's not. You know, um, my whole thing was I want you to go into the next year with a lot of things taken care of. I want you to be at a place where you're prepared to, to step into the blessings that God has for you in a more complete way. And one of the w- ways we do that is by making sure we've cleaned up some areas. And, you know, you know, there are times when you don't even really, maybe you've been carrying something for so long, you don't even realize anymore that you're still carrying it. I, I heard Pastor Lynette Hagen say one time, she said, if somebody's name or face comes up to you and on the inside you've got to go, you've got to deal with it. And so we're going to deal with it. Some things are big things. Some things are little things. But you've got to deal with it. So we're going to just, real quick, let's just run over a few things we talked about last week. Started off by saying well, walking in love is not an option. It's not one of those take it or leave it. You know, God commanded that we love one another. That was a commandment, not a suggestion. And so that is what we are supposed to be doing. Uh, Ephesians 4, it talks about being kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, is forgiving us. And John talks about the fact that by, all, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. You know, it's amazing how many people, you know, you can run into that will say, oh, I know so-and-so. They go to such-and-such a church, but, you know, they don't act like it. Mm. I've had some people tell me before, oh, you know so-and-so. Oh, he, they go to your church, don't they? And went, mm, no, they don't. They did, but they don't, no. You know, or, or somebody complaining about something and with somebody, and I'm going, oh, they don't, they don't go here anymore. Sorry, you know. You know, don't, don't lay that at my door. And God's not pleased when we're not walking in love toward one another. It brings him no joy. He, he looks at each and every one of us as precious He looks at each and every one of us as deserving of forgiveness. He looks at each and every one of us as deserving of grace and mercy. And he needs you to look at each other the same way. I want him to look at me and know that that I will receive his grace and mercy. But he's looking at me wanting to make sure that I extend grace and mercy to other people. Um, Let's see. Let me just kind of scroll down through my notes here. Uh, forgiveness is a two-way street. We talked about that last week. Mark eleven twenty-five. when you stand praying, forgive. The, two, the other side of that street is when you stand praying, you need to go ask somebody to forgive you. If we all did that, then we would all be, I mean, just in wonderful shape. If we were quick to forgive and quick to ask for forgiveness... It would be a wonderful environment that we all want it. But we're all, you know, human. We're all um, flesh beings. And sometimes our flesh doesn't exactly line up with the word. And that's why we have a church family, so we can knock off the rough edges. So you, you practice here, and then you go out in the world, and you practice the same thing out there because you've practiced really well at here. 
you, you look really good out there because you figured it out in here. How about that? Uh, you know, the Bible talks about, about going to ask forgiveness to someone who has something against you. you know, and we, we said last week, there are so many times when, when situations could be avoided if we just have a conversation with one another. Because so many times offense is rooted in something that is totally not so. I mean, we, it's been mis- somebody's misunderstood somebody. Maybe I was in a bad mood and I misunderstood what you intended to say. You know, and there are times when I've said something I didn't intend to say it that way. You know, if you just have a conversation with each other, you know, don't go up and say, you said this and you meant this. No, 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 no. Go to somebody and say, when you said that, I took it this way, but you really didn't mean it that way, did you? That's the way to start that kind of a conversation. If somebody did mean it that way, it gives them an opportunity to look at it and go, oh, I'm sorry. I really, I was in a bad mood. I was in a bad frame of mind. You know, I have other things going on. I let the pressure get to me. Let them give you an explanation because so many times there is an explanation. But that person needs to realize that their actions maybe cause someone else hurt. But if you go to them, you know, with an angry kind of a countenance, you know, you're not going to get anywhere because what a soft answer turns away wrath. If you put it in terms of this is how I felt, this is how I took it, but I know, I know you, you're not like that. You really didn't mean it that way, did you? You, know, you, can, you can solve a lot of problems before they become big issues. Um, we said that forgiveness is affected by the law of sowing and reaping. If you sow forgiveness, you can expect forgiveness. If you sow kindness, you can expect kindness. If you sow mercy, you can expect mercy. You know, it's, it's every, every kind of crop you plant, you'll receive a harvest on. What kind of crop are you going to plant? A good one or a not so good one? Personally, if you, if you plant collard greens, that's not a good crop. No, not a good crop. But if you plant peas, I'm all, I'm all in there with you. you know, but collard greens, keep them. Michelle, I don't want nothing to do with them. <laughs> oh, Hallelujah. Um, let's see where, where we go on. We talked about last week about the fact that unforgiveness hurts you. The longer left unchecked, the bigger it becomes. Unforgiveness will, will leave you in torment by a situation. I mean, the more you let it go, the bigger it seems to become until something that was very little has become such an issue that you just can't get past it. How many people have gotten divorced because the very thing that if you went back and you tracked all the way back, you'd go back so far and you'd find out that it started over something really stupid, some really stupid something that over time escalated until one day everybody forgot about the stupid little thing that started it all, you know, and now we're in a divorce court. I mean, I, I can recall the time Pastor and I got into this huge fight. Y'all don't think we ever fight, right? Um, hard-headed and hard-headed go together, you know, and that doesn't always mean a good, good fit. Uh, but I remember, we were in the kitchen one time. I had made him a hamburger. I don't know what my problem was that day. I don't know what his problem was that day. But he said, did you salt it? Well, of course I didn't salt it. And from there, it just hit the fan. I'm telling you, it was horrible. It was the biggest blowout. It was stupid. How many arguments and fights and unforgiveness is rude in stupidity? Absolute stupidity. 
But it is, you know, and you find that, you know, within families, marriages could be so much better if everybody could just step back, take a deep breath and go, okay, and walk away. You know, until you can come back and talk about it logically, just walk away. I will tell a story on you too right now. They, this is, this is good. This is good. Um, I remember they had not been married too long and we were at the old church and, and we, you know, we got there early, of course, and, and I got there early and they were sitting in their car and I could tell there was something intense going on in the car. And I walked up to the car and I tapped on the windows and said, Hey guys, do y'all remember this? And I said, Hey, Ike, what was that song we sang? That never, never, never. He goes, Oh yeah. All right. He, he through clenched teeth. He said, never, never, never have I ever, ever, ever been so happy, happy, happy with my Lord. And I went, that's it. And I walked away. (laughs) I think that broke the ice in the car. (laughs) And I think they got it all squared away before they came into the church. (laughs) You know, but wouldn't it be nice if we just took a little levity and put it in these situations that are so horrendously serious and they're about nothing. I never did ask what that was all about. But I, I just thought that was the most hilarious thing I had, you know, done in a long time. <laughs> just, but it was so funny because through clenched teeth, never, never, never have I ever, ever. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so you just remind me of wonderful things here. Um, let's see. You don't want bitterness to spring up. Because the, the reason some people have unanswered prayers is because they're not walking in love. Because they're holding on to unforgiveness. You know, there's a lot of reasons for unanswered prayer, but that's one of them. If, if you don't forgive, you are minimizing the blessing that God wants to put into your life. Not that he's not blessing you, not that he doesn't want to bless you, but you're minimizing the potential of what God wants to do in your life. Bitterness springs up. It has all these tentacles, all these roots in your life. It can eventually cause problems physically, emotionally, and certainly spiritually. So you don't want that to happen. James 5, 16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you might be healed. You know, you just can't go, well, you know, I'm just going to let it go. There are times when you can't just let it go. There's something you have to go back and do. And sometimes the other person may not even know that you're, you're harboring unforgiveness toward them. And there have been times, I, I know, uh, I believe it was Keith Moore, that, that God made him go call somebody that he had something against. And they didn't even know it. He made, God made him call that person and ask them for forgiveness. And they're going, I don't even know what you're talking about. He goes, maybe you don't, but this is what I did, and this is what I said, and, and I have to ask you to forgive me. And they, they did, and then he went on. Good lesson. If you don't want God to make you do something like that, you better take care of it. How about that? There are times, you know, that we have to forgive by faith. Because, you know, I, I mean, I grew up in a, in a you know, in a, in, with a mother-in-law who always said, she won't mind she's in heaven, she, she would be here to, to tell me that I was right if she were here. And she would say all the time, well, I know I have to forgive him, but I can't forget it. Yes, you can. You can. You can let it go. Now, honestly, you and I can't just erase our memory banks, but what we can do is we can get to the place where the, the, the memory of the pain, the hurt is all gone. 
And when you think of that situation again, all you think of is, is it's just an occurrence. It's, it's, a, it's a fact of life that this happened, but it doesn't affect you anymore. You know, and sometimes you have to say, you know, Jesus, you know, you, you have to help me. You just have to, you know, we sung that song tonight. When I speak his name, things begin to change. If you're having difficulty forgiving somebody, you need to speak the name of Jesus over that situation and over your ability to let it go and do what's right. You know, and he'll help you do that. Um, you know, the point is, is, is just to, to get past it. You can't move on as long as you're hanging on to something that's holding you back. And that's what unforgiveness does is it holds you back. And you can, you'll never get where God wants you to go if you keep letting those kind of things hold you back. Because listen, the further you go in the things of God, the more likely somebody is going to take a shot at you, so to speak. The more often you're going to have to just let offense go. Let it roll off you like water off a duck's back. And just let it go. I mean, I have talked to people at times and I, I'm thinking... You know, they talk about being in the ministry, and I'm going, listen, if you're going to be in the ministry, you're going to have to develop some thick hide because there's a lot of times people say a lot of things. It's like, it's like people don't think that the pastors have feelings and that you can just say whatever you want to them, but they can't say the same thing back to you. That, you know, that may be true in some ways, but, you know, I have feelings just like you have feelings. And there are times when it just kind of, takes all I can do to keep a smile on my face. And sometimes I don't. I won't repeat what Michelle said last week, but Steve's not here, so I could repeat it. <laughs> but anyway, you, you, just, you just have to let some things go. You know, and we took, with the very end last week, we were talking about the fact that there are corresponding actions when you say, I forgive you. And you find that over in Luke. Let's finally get to some scripture. Luke 6. This should, be, this should become your um, guidepost for when you're having to forgive somebody. Luke 6 and verse 27. But I say unto you, which here, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully use you. So what are our four things here? Do good, bless, pray, uh, and love. You know, I, I've, I had uh, somebody tell me a few years ago about a situation they had at work where they had moved to a new department and the person that was in charge of that department just seemed to really just have it out for them. And um, so they decided, I mean, and there were some quite mean things that were done and said and, and some, some actions that were taken that were, you know, not justified from this person. And um, the person who was telling me this story, she said, I just began to pray for them on my way to work every single day. I would pray for them and I'd pray for the Lord to, to, to help me you know, where that situation with that person was concerned. And after a while, the Lord started telling me to, to do particular thing for them, you know, to buy them something, to take them an extra cup of coffee, to, you know, to bring in some little something and leave it on their desk and, and all this. And she said, you know, I was like, are you kidding me, Lord? Really? You want me to spend my hard-earned money to buy them something when they treat me like dirt? Really? And he told her, yeah. So she had began to do that. You know, it wasn't long before there was a change. There was a real change. 
And, and when she left that department a few years later, they were good friends. You know, there's a possibility to turn what you think is an enemy into a great friend. Michelle did that last week. She was testifying of, of the lady that she was, the doctor she's working with that was nobody, nobody wanted to work with this lady. And she volunteered to go work with her. And uh, she took authority over that situation to start with. You know, that's some of the things that you can do as well. She took authority over that situation and uh, wasn't too long before things changed. And now she has found a new friend. You know, it's possible. But you have to want to do that because forgiveness is a choice. To actually walk in love towards somebody is a choice. You can either do it or not do it, which to me says you either want to be blessed or you don't. You want to walk in the blessings of God or you don't want to walk in the blessings of God. And sometimes God will send you into hard situations for that person's benefit. Not to put you in a place to be hurt or harassed, but for the fact that you're there to shine a light into their life to be a blessing to them. They need a lifeline. And if God didn't think you were able to be that lifeline, he would not have sent you in there. If he didn't think you could handle it and you were up to the task, he would never have asked you to go into that situation. There's been a lot of times, you know, where, where you, you find yourself in a place where you, you, just, you just look at somebody and you go, oh, they don't like me, not one bit, not one bit. You need to make them a project. You know, that becomes your prayer project. That becomes your faith project. That becomes your, your love project. Leslie Morgan hated my guts when I walked into the doctor's office. When we first started working together, she did not like me. She, no way, she was not going to let me forget she did not like me. But it wasn't too long before she decided, eh, she's not so bad after all, you know. And, and so all these years later, I think I can call her my friend, can't I? Yeah? Okay, okay. All right, that, that's good. All right. Uh, so let's, let's just move on from there. Um, okay. Now. When we find ourselves in a place where we've had our feelings hurt or we've gotten offended or somebody has, has absolutely done something to us, there is one thing that we all would like to do, and that is to tell it to anybody who will hear it. Why? Because we've been wronged. Can you believe this? Me, sweet little me, I have been wronged. We want everybody to know it that we want everybody to know how unjustly we've been treated, how unfair this is, how undeserving it is. It's called self-preservation. You want to look good. You know, the problem with some, in some situations is you've got two people who are having an issue that they, they, they need to resolve. And so parties start telling other parties, you know. The parties involved start spreading it around. And after a while... I saw this amongst a bunch of ministers a number of years ago. One person had done something to another minister that was considered highly unethical, and it got spread all around. And now you have, div- you have people who are on one side or the other of this argument. Listen, if, if you've got your feelings hurt or if somebody's done you wrong, it should stay between the two of you. If you need to talk to somebody, you find one person who loves you both, and you just say, I need to talk this out. Now, as the hearer of that, understand that blessed are the peacemakers, 
If you're hearing something from somebody about how they've been done wrong by somebody else that you know, you need to do everything in your power to point the person telling you this back to the word. You need to tell them, you know, look at that person from a different perspective. Maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe they didn't understand. Maybe this, maybe that. And at the very end where you can't get past any of that, you need to say, the Bible says you have to love them. Find a friend who's, who's going to be um, courageous enough to tell you if you're wrong. Yeah, you need that kind of a friend. But you need a friend who loves both of you. Somebody who can say, you're, I, know, I know what you're saying, and if that's all true, then, then yeah, I can see where you would be hurt. But let's look at it a different way. What does the Bible say? The Bible says to forgive. It doesn't say you have to wait to, for them to ask you to forgive them. Jesus didn't. Jesus was hanging on the cross, and he said, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Was anybody down there saying, Oh, Jesus, forgive me for hanging you up there on that cross. Forgive me for putting those stripes on your back. Forgive me for pressing those thorns into your, into your scalp. No, nobody was saying that. They were jeering, laughing, gambling over his clothes. And yet he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They have no clue. And so many of the times, you know, we needed to have that same attitude. Father, forgive them. There's a scripture over in 1 John that says if you'll ask for, for your brother when he's, when he's done you wrong, God will give him life, which means he'll forgive them on your account just because you ask him to. You know, God can't work in their life until you forgive them. But the moment you forgive them, you have created an opening for God to get in there and to, and to show himself strong to that person. Don't wait for somebody to say, please forgive me. Don't wait. You take care of it. You be clear on your end of things. And then you can go on. Um, you know, we, we always want to say that, you know, we're, our situation is the one exception to the law of love. I'm just so different. I'm so special. My situation is so different. No, no. What goes around comes around. You know, it's, it's the same all, the, all over the earth. You know, people treat each other the same no matter what the culture is, no matter what the situation is. There's the same kind of stuff going on everywhere. You're not special. Your situation's not special. It's not too far gone. They haven't done something so heinous that you can't forgive them. Listen, you, you hear stories all the time where, you know, somebody... Will, a member of someone's family was killed by somebody else. And that person went and forgave the one who, who, who did the killing. And they developed a relationship. I, I read a story just recently of a, of a young woman who was driving drunk. And she killed this woman's daughter. And this woman reached out to her while she was in prison and told her she forgave her. And to, to this day, they're both in the ministry together, going places, talking about drunk driving and the power of forgiveness. You know, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think in any kind of a situation. So no matter what the situation is, no matter what the injustice is, God can turn that thing around. Hallelujah. Um, sometimes we want to just say, well, I forgive you without, when somebody hasn't even asked you so you can look spiritual. It better come from a heart that means it. Okay. You're not Miss Spiritual here. Well, I forgive you, and, and you're still harboring it. No. 
You know, maybe everybody else believes you, but God sees through that. So, so, so don't do that. Total forgiveness, listen to this. Total forgiveness does not mean that you have to resume a bad relationship necessarily. If you've been hurt, abused, or whatever by a person, you need to forgive them. That does not mean that you have to be in fellowship with them. Do you understand? God wants you to, if somebody abuses you, God doesn't want you to put yourself back in a place to be abused again. But he wants you to forgive that person for your sake and for theirs. So, you know, I, I just, sometimes I think people forget, uh, forget that and they, they have this assumption, well, if I forgive them, then I have to be friends with them. No, you don't have to be friends with them again. You do have to forgive them and walk on. And you have to love them enough to be able to pray for them. People who, are, who abuse other people have issues greater than you. You know, there's more going on in their lives. There are devils tormenting them, and that's why they're acting the way they do. It's, it would be good for us to be able to see people the way God sees them. And sometimes the only thing we can do is just pray in the Holy Ghost about for people because we don't know what's at the core of why they're acting like they're acting. And the only way you can do that is just to intercede for them and say, Father, I forgive them. Now, now, you know, open doors, you know, of utterance for people to be able to come into their lives and to speak words into that will take root. Well, somebody can plant a seed. Somebody else can come and water it, and their lives can change. If you ever find yourself hoping that somehow they reap something bad in their lives because of what they did to you, you might ought to deal with that. It might, it, that might clue you in that maybe we haven't forgiven quite as much as we think we have. So you need to do that. I want you to go to, uh, to, to Genesis tonight. We're going to talk about uh, an, a perfect example of forgiveness with the story of Joseph. Uh, Genesis 45 uh, is where we're going to be. Now, you know, this, you know the account of Joseph, you know, how he, he told his brothers you know, maybe the start of all of his problems were the fact that he had a big mouth. You know, have some of us gotten in trouble because we had a big mouth? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, he told his brothers these dreams he was having. Probably not a good idea when it's already obvious that you're your dad's fave. You know, and so they did it, and they were highly jealous. And so they took him out, and they put him in a pit. And, and when the Amalekites came along, they, they sold him into slavery, and they took his coat that his dad had made for him, and they dipped it in blood, and they took it back to their dad and see what we found. Dad, look at this. And their, his father was heartbroken, and, and they lived with that. On the other side of the story, Joseph wound up in Egypt. He wound up in Potiphar's house. Good deal until Potiphar's wife had other ideas. Then he winds up in prison. Not good. In prison, he becomes the top-ranking prisoner. He finally gets out of prison. You know, you know the story about all that. He winds up as number two man in the land of Egypt. Now, what I, what I see in the story of Joseph is that he forgave his brothers without them asking. How do I know that? Because he was blessed everywhere he went. He could not have been that blessed and walked in those kind of blessings with everything that looked like a downturn. He could not have walked into the, into the blessings of God and risen to the top in every situation that he was in 
whether it was in Potiphar's house, whether it was in prison, or whether it was in Pharaoh's house. He could not have risen to the level he rose to had he not been walking in forgiveness for his, for his brothers for the entire time he was there. Could not have. But the day came, in fact is, you know, I was looking, looking for the scripture I was talking to pastor about before church because I, you know, you, you hear sometimes scriptures that somebody quotes, but you don't have it right. So you kind of have this slightly skewed version of it. So that's why I couldn't find it today, at least what I thought I was looking for. But in the Isaiah, it says that God knows the end from the beginning. And I like that. He knows the end result. And there, I think there are times when God, because he knows the end result, he works backwards, you know, back to the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. Not the beginning to the end, but the end from the beginning. God knows where you're going to wind up. He knows where you're going to wind up. Be, be confident of that. In Genesis 50, 20, we're going to get to that. Um, it, it's, it talks he, when he's, Joseph is with his brothers, what he f- tells them is, what you intended for evil... God turned it to good. You know, just because somebody has done you wrong, it's not the end of the story if you don't let it be the end of the story. But here, there, there's some things I found out about Joseph. Um, Joseph has been in Egypt now for 22 years. For 22. Can you imagine the uh, effect that 22 years would have seen if he had not walked in forgiveness from his brothers, what a root of bitterness would have taken up in him. You know, Hebrews, we talked about that last week, about a root of bitterness springing up in somebody. The message translation says, said it like this. It says, keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitter discontent. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. Ah, no time. When I read that to this afternoon, I thought, sand spurs. Sand spurs. I mean, those little boogers can take over. If you, and the only way to get rid of them is to pull them up. It's the only way you can get rid of them. The only way to get rid of unforgiveness and that root of bitterness that will come with it is to pull it out. Not pet it. Not water it not fertilize it, but to pull it up if you don't want to ruin your entire life. But anyway, here's Joseph. He's got 22 years and his brothers show up in Egypt. So here we are. We're looking in, in, at verse 45, uh, chapter 45 and verse 1. Uh, I'm not really going to read all this, but here in verse 1, it says, Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. Listen, Joseph did a wonderful thing. Don't tell anyone what they've done to you. Don't tell anyone. It, it, it goes on and it talks about the fact that he revealed himself to his brothers he spoke to them in his own, their own language, not in the language of the Egyptians. Because if somebody was listening at the door, he didn't want them to understand what he was saying. He wanted to make sure that nobody knew, nobody knew what his brothers had done to him. 
at this point, you don't know where the conversation is going to go, how much is going to be revealed. But obviously, he hadn't told anybody. Nobody knew this story. So, you know, one of the best ways that you can walk this out is just don't talk to anybody about it. Amen. Number two is don't let the person who's wronged you be afraid of you. You'll find that over in in verse 4. And it says, uh, Joseph's... uh, well, verse, let's go to verse 3. Joseph said to his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brothers could not answer him, for they were troubled. There's another version of that that says they were terrified at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. You sold me into Egypt. Then it goes on. It says, Now therefore do not be grieved, nor angry with yourselves that you sold me, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Don't let them feel guilty is number three. He goes on and he says, For these two years has been famine in the land, and yet there are five years in which there will be neither harvest or earring. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Ah, he just, he, he didn't even address any hurt on his part. He just said, don't worry about it, guys. You know, God's, God's taking care of me, and now he's going to take care of you. I am here to take, make sure you are taken care of. Um, verse 4, let them save face. Don't rub their noses in it. You know, if you have an argument with somebody, you get offended with somebody, and you go to them, and you're trying to make it up, and you say, please forgive me. That is not your cue to tell them what all they did and how hurt you were. That's a good time to just be gracious and say, hmm, let's, you forgive me as well. Let's move on from here. Let's not let this drive a wedge between us. There's no reason to rehearse it and justify how, why you felt the way you did because that just opens the door for them to justify the way they did, and now the argument's back on again. I mean, we're, just, we're back to square one. So let's not do that. Number five here, we went to number one is don't tell anybody what they've done to you. Number two, don't let them be afraid of you. Number three, don't let them feel guilty. Number four, let them save face. Number five, keep their darkest secret to yourself. Let them be confident in the fact that you're not going to expose whatever that secret is. You know, when Joseph had his father brought into the land... He never told his father that they sold him. They had come back with a bloody coat, and they let their father assume that Joseph was dead, that he'd been killed. They never enumerated that. They never made it plain. They just kind of let him assume something. They never actually told him what they did. Joseph never told his father what his brothers did to him. I don't know if he ever asked, what happened to you? You know, he just, you know, he, he could have said, these people came along, you know, these slave traders came along and they, they took me and they took me to Egypt. You know, he could have just left it at that. He didn't give them the whole story. So, but just, just keep, there are some times, you know, where people need you to, need to know that you're just not going to rat out every detail of their lives to other people. 
So keep that to yourself. Number six, make forgiveness a life sentence for you. You know, um, there are people who have thyroid issues. I mean, I had one, one part of my thyroid taken out many years ago, and, and it gets checked on every once in a while. But if you had to, for some reason, had to take your thyroid out for, for you know, maybe some kind of medical reason, you would be on a thyroid replacement pill for the rest of your life. Listen, you need to take a forgiveness replacement pill every day the rest of your life because that thing is gone, never to come back. You have to make sure that you don't go back and revisit it, dig it back up, begin to rehash it, and then have the same hurt feelings all over again. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes the the enemy wants to come at you and go, remember what they did? And you need to go, "Mm, no, no, so what? And just, and move on. Just make sure that that forgiveness is a, once you've done it, you've done it for life. That's it. That's the end of it. Thank you, Miss Zara. That, that was an amen. Thank you, darling. Hallelujah. And number seven, continue to, to bless them. No matter what, you continue to bless them. You know, going back up to making forgiveness a life sentence, you know, when Joseph had his father and all of his brothers, the whole, the whole family, come live in Egypt, Jacob lived for another 17 years. And for some reason, when Jacob died, suddenly Joseph's brothers were terrified again that maybe now that dad was gone, that he would finally wreak havoc on them for what they had done to him. But all he did was reassure them. Just reassure them that, no, it's gone, it's over, it's, 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 there's, there's nothing to forgive anymore. I, I'm, we're, we're done with it. And so, you know, you have to be, be aware of the fact that there are times when people, because the enemy is like he is, will keep coming back to somebody and saying, they've never really forgiven you. They've never really. You need to be there to reassure them, you know, if that ever happens, that they are totally 100% and eternally forgiven from your standpoint. Uh, it's interesting. Well, number seven, continue to bless them. That was in, in Genesis 50, verse 21. Because when the, when the brothers came back to him in, um, well, let's just, let's say. His brothers came back, you know, had come back to him after Jacob was, was buried and everything. And, and Joseph said, fear not, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as much as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. You know, there's just times when, when the enemy's been, been harassing somebody about that situation till they haven't gotten past it. Be a comfort to them. Speak kindly to them. Reassure them that not only has God forgiven them, you've forgiven them. It's a wonderful thing. But here's one last interesting thing. Uh, Joseph had two sons named Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh, the oldest one, meant causing to forget. Isn't that wonderful? He was speaking words of faith through his son's name, 
God caused him to forget all the hurt that came with what his brothers had done. And his next one was Ephraim, and it meant, meant fruitful. And he was fruitful because of the fact that he was able to forget. Now he's fruitful. Now the interesting thing is, when the, before Jacob died, he wanted Joseph to bring his sons to him so that he could bless them. So Joseph brings Manasseh, the oldest one, which means forgetting. And he brings Ephraim, which means fruitful. And, you know, the, the major blessing is supposed to go to the oldest. Jacob deliberately, and, and Joseph even questioned him. And he goes, no, no, this is, what I'm, this is what I need to do. Jacob, instead of putting his hand, his right hand, that's the hand of blessing, instead of putting his right hand of blessing on Manasseh, the oldest one, which means causing to forget, he put his right hand on Ephraim, which meant fruitful. Blessing means fruitful. When you, when you walk to, to the place of forgetting, letting something go, now God can bless you with fruitful. You know, so you see this in the names, you know, and it's just, it's a wonderful thing. And I, you know, I just, I told you last week, I've had this, you know, in mind to do for several weeks, and it just seemed like last week was the time to do it. And I want you to go into the new year, you know, with everything clear. With nothing holding you back, because 2021 can be a tremendous year. We've done a lot. There's been a lot of challenges this year. But I tell you what, with every challenge, what follows it is blessing. And so the way to make sure you get all the blessing that God intends for you to have is for you to walk in forgiveness every single day. Whether somebody asks you or whether they don't, it does not matter. What you need to do is for you. But really, it's for them as well. Do you want them blessed? or you, Surely you wouldn't want them to not see blessing in their life. But they can't see blessing in their life to the extent that they would like unless you let go of that and say, Father, forgive them. Whether they knew what they were doing or not, Father, you forgive them. Now you have access to bless them. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.